Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 94, I want to say 94, of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip and I'm joined this week by the amazing Ed Scrine. That's how you pronounce his name. I got it wrong in previous podcasts, but he corrected me at the beginning of this podcast. So thank God for that. Um, it was great to have a chat with Ed. Uh, he was a lovely, lovely guy. We split it into two. Part two is where we get really into Deadpool. I mean, we talk about Deadpool a, a little bit in part one, but part two is where we are, really get into it. Because basically, um, as a lot of you will know, I'm a big, I love Deadpool. It's blown me away. And we'd got an hour into our chat and we hadn't got around to talking about Deadpool yet. And I thought, right, well, we're going to be talking for a bit. So we should pause the podcast here and continue in part two. Um, so we did that. Before I get into stuff, sorry, Speech Development Records, that's my record label. We talk a lot about music at the start of this, actually, because a, a lot of you will know that Ed Ed came up as a rapper and came up with Plan B and people like that. And in, in, in that whole crowd, he debuted in Ill Manners was his first film and what really launched what is going on and continued to be an absolutely amazing career. So, But I've got a record label, Speech Development Records. You can, can buy my stuff there. You can buy everyone off my label. Um, you can buy my Edinburgh Fringe show there. It's a fiver. It's a fiver and you, and you get to watch my whole Edinburgh Fringe show, which got all f- four and five star reviews and was sold out for 19 nights in a row at the Edinburgh Fringe. So check that out. But yeah, so we've split this in two. Uh, let me explain. Um, podcasts are massive. I take up a lot of space on your phone and I have people complain sometimes when we go really long that it is too big to just have have knocking about i know there's some big podcasts or some long podcasts out there as always come up quite big i don't know if it's because we have quite high quality uh recording but yeah they come up quite big so i split this one in two i didn't want to make you wait for it though like sometimes we do a midnight and midday they're both going up at midnight or we'll do midnight and five minutes past midnight so if you listen to this then you can have the other one if you want immediately it's just to save space i'm not going to lie it also helps us if they are long, if we split them in two, because we'll get more downloads and so on and so forth. So it's win-win. It doesn't make any difference to you. It makes a small difference to us potentially. Um, and it makes a big difference to people who have got a lot of stuff on their phone or small small mem- memory on their phone or whatever else. Man, I'm over explaining this. Um, in part one, we have a, a lovely chat. We talk about his, 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 the starting of his acting career, his music career. Man, the dude's got a mantra that that I loved and I've taken on. I told a next week's guest, um, Michael Soccer from This Is England and from Aliens and from Being Human. I told him him this this mantra when I was interviewing him and I was chatting to him in his kitchen the other week, and he he's it's blown him away. And you'll hear what the mantra is. He repeats it a lot. It's it's great. Um, and you know we're all taking it on now. I think it's a really good. It's a really good outlook on life. So, yeah, as said, I, I don't want to lie to you. We get heavily into Deadpool in part two. You're welcome to skip to that. I'd highly recommend you don't because in part one, we really get the essence of, 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 of his journey, the drive that has, has given him this career and, and how it all came about. Yeah, so hopefully you'll enjoy both. I'll be back at the end. Um, I'll keep it really brief at the end, in fact, because I'm going to be back again at the beginning of part two. You're going to be sick to death for me. See you in a bit. Right, I am joined today. Let me adjust my recording 
oh, yes. levels. Sorry, before, there we go. Before we start, yeah. Scrying. Scrying. Yeah. Scrying. All right. Could you introduce me to screen? Screen. Screen. it. All right. Well, 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 I've learned that now. So let's start. I mean, that's the perfect start. I think you're letting me know. So we have begun. I'm joined by Ed Scrying, not yes. Screen. No, Scrying. The way, the way my publicist said it to all the, the, the press guys said, Scrying like wine. Yeah. And I thought, I like that. So I use that now. I say, Scrying like wine. Scrying but I mean, like I've wine. had Screen, Scaring, Skein. I've had them all. Damn, that can't you know. be fun. It's it, normal, man. But it's nice that people are having t- to learn your name. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good sign, you know, that people are having I, to be told this. I, th- I think that you know everything takes its time, and no, mm. people don't need to know it straight away. And you know, you think about people like Jamera Choir, yeah, Bjork. You know, yeah. the, the, these people. Eventually, it was Lady Leisha. It was eventually. It's yeah. right for us to. Eventually, we learn how to say the names, yeah. and then it becomes, you know, our little thing. Oh, yeah, I know how to say it. Now. But anyway, you know, I completely agree. People and don't need to get it right. Anyway. I'm, I'm a big b- believer in there's no such thing necessarily as like a, a good band name, for example. So like a good band makes a name good. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if it's, it's, it's as you said, a Jamiroquai, Everyone knows that it's easy now. Yeah. The, f- the first time you looked at it, you're like, yeah. the hell because is this? It's great music. Yeah, and they could have been. They could have been called Blue. Yeah. Or Westlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would have been yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Because they were incredible musicians and visionaries. It would, it, would, it would have been exactly the same. But still, if you've got an awkward name, my first... So the first the first ever credit I've had, like when I did the Bass Executioner in, in America, it's on Fox. I've, I've still not seen it, but some people were sending screenshots. Like the first ever credit I've had in anything acting, they spelt my name wrong. Oh, my. What did they, how did they spell it? They so I think it's S C R O U B I U S. So that they added an, a U instead of an O, and it was one of them. I was like, "Mate, it's not a big deal." I did like I ribbed them about it. Comes, I was like, "It's not a big deal." I mean, you can never have your first credit again. That's that, that's done now. That's done. It's wrong. But you know, it's, but it's not, quite funny. Though. It's exactly. It's it good quite fun. Funny. It's actually it's quite a so good story. Moving and forward, and the fact is, the fact is, I've chosen a ridiculously spelt and pronounced name. So you know, it's it's, it's not your fault. That's your name yeah. that you've been been given so yeah. it's, it's 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 my fault but i've learned it now scrying like wine that's yeah. beautiful yeah. so how are you today man it's a beautiful day in london it's a gorgeous day well it's kind of a gorgeous day it's been changing flirting between spring and uh and gray shitty rain but yeah. um but i suppose that is april but i'm good my friend i've been been training this morning Excellent. and um and uh yeah i'm having a wonderful day are you you let's kind of 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 of, of get things at the start i mean we're gonna get Obviously, to Deadpool, anyone who listens to my podcast or follows me anywhere knows it's like my film of the year. I think you guys, everyone smashed it. I think it's... I, it's only April. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> How early is that? But again, I think that's an interesting thing. And we'll talk about that as well, because mm-hmm. that February slot has become a, a key thing now with Kingsman yeah. last year yep. and Deadpool this year, where you put it in that February slot and you get, yeah. that, you get that opening. But yeah, we'll get to that. But are you a, a London lad, right? You've grown yeah. up in London and always had it as your as a, yeah. as your home, yeah? How was your kind of upbringing and, and, and coming up in the world? You know, when I look back with hindsight, I think how lucky I was. Yeah. You know, I really do. I look back and I think, what an incredible time to be born, what an incredible place to be born. And then aside from that, you know, this this metropolis, it can be it can be a wonderful gift to 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 the people that live in it but it can also be a fucking noose around its neck yeah. and i'm so blessed and lucky that you know first of all i had parents that were you know raised me the right way and were you know loving and supportive and you know would slap me around the back of the head but uh, when, when i did things wrong but like i fucking needed that yeah yeah 
and then you know to also to 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 grow up you know in north london where we saw it all you know what i mean we literally saw it all like we, we it was like the top to the bottom you know yeah. what i mean it was like you know i had friends who went to private school and we'd hang all the time you know what i mean and i'd hang yeah. with their friends and i'd and you know same time i'd be in the flats you know and we'd be you know and all of that and you know it's a great mix in london man how you can have thing, those bro. extremes yeah. like even even breaking it down to just north london or south london or east or west kind yeah. of north and east i guess have the greatest mix i feel yeah. s- s- south tends to be again it's there's there's more uh, what you'd call the low ends or you know um like of the, of the class system wise and mm-hmm. west more at the high end of the yeah, class definitely. system wise but but north and east seem to have that real mix there's some yeah. real nice parts north and there's some real rough mm. parts as well i mean if you look at like the school i went to is in muswell hill yeah. right which is like a nice area you yeah. know what i mean but back then the catchment area for the school was so wide that we had people come from Enfield. We had people come from Barnet and anyone who knows these areas will know how diverse they are. We had Hornsey, we had Tottenham, we yeah. had Crouch End, we had Highgate, we had Archway. You know what I mean? We had Kentish Town, Tufnell Park. We had people coming from all around East Finchley. So we had middle class, lower class and, you know, yeah, probably some upper class yeah. as well. You know, I remember some of the, 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 the bods in my year and that. And so it's, you know, a wonderful thing when I look back. And I think that, you know, I always remember this Sway lyric where, where um, he said that he sort of hang with the thugs, but he was good with the nerds. Yeah. And yeah, I always yeah. loved that. And I was, um, I was I think very... Sway is one of the underrated kings of, of, of 100%. the UK scene. There's so much of his stuff. I was listening to Little Derek the other day, yeah. man. You know, yeah. it's just like that that, that EP and, and stuff. It was incredible. All, all those early EPs as, as well, though, because there's points on it that are just straight up proper kind of grime bangers. And there's other points that the variation in flows, the the, the dexterity in the lyrics and everything else are just a, a next a, a level. Yeah, which, and the commercial capabilities of someone like him, you know, yeah. he was very sophisticated in his execution. And f- Funny as fuck too. Funny he, as he fuck. He could put a punchline in yeah. that put you really on the ground. He was special, man. I mean, I remember when he was going over to Africa to do yeah. big gigs and doing wonderful things and uh, and all of that. And, you know, I suppose this is the path that we walk yeah. as creatives that, you know, we don't know where things are going to end. And I think that that is something I always keep in mind. Yeah. That I think people like Sway that I was like, wow, he's going to be like, you know, he's going to be massive. And, and, and you know, uh, and he wasn't. He still holds the same place in my heart. It makes no difference to me. But but he wasn't, you know, and career trajectories go down and they go up. So, you know, I, I really try and take that on board and, and, and just try and, you know, stay out of any thing in terms of, like, looking forward to my future. It's funny, I was speaking to my friend yesterday, um, Sean, who's in South Africa doing a BBC yeah. TV series. And I was saying, yeah, I'm going over to LA tomorrow. I'm going for the MTV Movie Awards and that. Being nominated yeah, for yeah. a couple of awards. He was like, bruv. He's like, don't you think it's mad, bruv? He was like, it's just nuts. Like, a couple of years ago, like, we would never have been talking about this. He's yeah. like, bruv, don't you look back and say, like, a couple of years ago, like, what, what, would you, what would you have made of this? And I was like, I sat there and I was like, do you know what, Sean? A couple of years ago, I, I thought to myself, I think I can do this and I think I can handle this. And I'm here now, mm. and I think I can do this, and I can handle it. And yeah. it didn't really. I I kind of thought, you know, it never. It was never a thing where, like, I thought it, it, things could could happen, but it was never like they're gonna happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if think, things do happen, I got no fucking. My hands ain't shaking. You know what I mean? I think it's it's a really important thing, and we were 
I kind of discussed this before we got going was is that kind of outlook of having the confidence to give it all a go and 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 not to expect anything, but having the confidence to go right. No, this is all achievable. I think it's, a, it's it can be a negative thing if you're yeah. thinking, well, I could never do that. It's like, yeah. well, I don't know that I could never do that. I might be. I'm not saying I can definitely do yeah. that, but I don't know. But I think that's that openness to opportunities yeah. is hugely important for getting opportunities because it's 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 not writing anything off. It's not saying I'm some lad from North London. Here's where yeah. my level is. Like if uh, things like I mean, I want to talk f- about your you're rapping first but things like ill manners which which was a massive deal but that could have been you seeing i've made it do you know what i mean going right i'm i mean and and then that's the only type of film you can ever do and so on and so forth but not doing that having the openness again what's next man i never expected to do that but now it's happened and it's real what can you know anything's ahead yeah i agree you know i think it's it's it's, 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 there has to be a fearlessness i don't want to over egg things or compare it to things that are a lot more important historically and emotionally. But, you know, you think of like the young pilots that went off to war in, 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 in World War One and World yeah. War Two or whatever. And, uh, you know, the people that were going over to Normandy and stuff. And you think they're human to have been shitting it somewhat, you yeah. know? So yeah. I still have nerves and I still have insecurities like you and everyone else out there. But there has to be a certain fearlessness and a certain belief that we can do this. And I always say to my mates, and actually I was saying to Sean yesterday when he was saying about that stuff, I said, but why the fuck not? Mm. Why should I not be up for an award next to like Tom Hardy and fucking Samuel L. Jackson? Just because yeah. I was watching their movies for 10 years before yeah, I even yeah, thought yeah, about being yeah, in a yeah, movie. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Like genuinely. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really feel like, you know, I, I, I'm a person who, who is, imaginatively ambitious and, yeah. and and so you know I was listening to you and I was thinking I wonder if you'll ever do a radio show you'd be really good at radio <laughs> listening to your voice thinking that you know yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and then you know and then I'm thinking well why the fuck not yeah why not radio yeah why not BBC whatever BBC yeah. 6 or whatever absolutely why the fuck not you know, exactly. you've got to toe the line and you won't be able to swear on there and that. But, it's um, tough, man. That's a tough, that's a tough ask. It's yeah, a big, it's a big request, yeah, right? There. Producer with a, a, the button he can press. Good but genuinely, button. I think, why the fuck not? And I yeah. just think people should be, um, you know, the, it's okay to be scared. Yeah. It's okay to feel fear as long as you shake it off. Yeah, but that comfort in, in, in going into it is is important. It's, it's weird you mentioned them too, because one of my... A favourite actors is, is James Stewart. I think he's amazing. Harvey is one of my favourite films. And when I, I became 10 times more of a fan of him when I learned he was a fighter pilot in the war and he didn't have to be because he had that kind of immunity of being in the arts and could get away with this. But he went out and he fought and then he came back. And again, he's been now, he's allowed to hand it over so much. He went out again and he went he went repeatedly because of exactly that kind of mentality. When I... I watch a lot of MMA and uh, uh, when I'm sh- showing it to new people sometimes, they'll be like, like a one person will be getting their ass kicked and they'll be like, why would anyone choose that as their, as their profession? It's like, well, cause, cause no one's thinking or no one's aiming for that part. Yeah. Have a look at the other guy. Yeah, yeah. When you're training and when you're getting ready, you're looking at the top and going, yeah. here's what I want to aim for. Yeah. And that may mean you get there, but it may mean you don't, but it's having that, that, that confidence that, right, this is, yeah, this is I an agree, opportunity. I, I think a lot of it also comes down to being in touch with, like, really knowing yourself, mm. you know, because there are some things that I'll literally turn around and I'll go, 
I would be so shit at that. Yeah. Like I yeah, could yeah, never yeah, do yeah. that. And I'll be honest about it, you know, I don't think I'll make it as a Premier League footballer now. Yeah, yeah. First of all, because yeah. I'm shit. But secondly, because it probably is too late now, I'm 33. Yeah. You know, but um, I mean, that's a bit of an overtop, you know, example. But, you know, it's I'm not awareness. scared to say I'm good enough, that I believe I can do this. That I believe yeah. that I have a small amount of me that seems to be able to do it. I've got 95% left of me that can do it better. And yeah. I know how much I can improve. I know I'm a person who always starts everything shit and then improves slowly. And, um, you know, I'm not scared by potential. I'm not scared by, um, in fact, I'm empowered by your potential and I'm also empowered by my own. And I, I feel like we should embrace that notion of potential, you know, where we're not, where we're not fearless, yeah. but where we're, but where we're brave, you know, and yeah. brave enough to, to walk into a room and say, um, you know, whatever this production is, you know, a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, like Deadpool, like, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go for this. Why not? Probably won't get it because they probably want someone like Tom Hardy or yeah. Idris Elba. But you know what? Why not? I'll go for it. A hundred percent. And the fact is, each one of them that comes off just makes everything else the more realistic mm-hmm. and more achievable. The, the fact is, the first time you've gone for a role you probably didn't expect it to happen and then it's happened and you've, you've pulled it off. You've yeah. done a good job. So that then makes you go, right, well, that probably, you know, on paper, that probably sh- shouldn't have happened, but mm-hmm. it did. So now, mm-hmm. next, I'm moving on to this. Let's kind of rewind a bit and start, and, and uh, uh, when you were growing up, were you mm-hmm. into in, into music and rap? Were you into acting? Like, like what was your motivations and what were you thinking at that point? I mean, when I was growing up, there was two two things which meant the world to me creatively. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that I was naturally a really creative person. I didn't do drama in school. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I couldn't sing with shit at music and instruments and stuff like that. When I was, uh, I think I was 13 or 14, my sister got me Gangstar Hard to Earn. Yeah. And Lab Cab in California. Yeah. And then I went to Our Price in uh, Muswell and I bought vinyls one of them was two pack lips and anyway i bought i got like i was yeah, you know back yeah. and and then and then my best mate ahmed bought me um enter the 36 chambers yeah on my 16th birthday so game changer right game changer you know but hard to earn was really the game changer i was like what dun, 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 dun. So i was like oh like this is how music can sound i'd already fallen in love with like jamiroquai as we yeah. mentioned earlier and, you know so some kind of, you know, more mainstream artists, but that was like, wow, this really is me. So, so you know, I fell in love with hip hop and was that guy in the time of Two Step Garage and Jungle, yeah. which I also fucking loved and still adore. Yeah. But um, I was that guy with his tracksuit bottoms halfway down his ass and his head shaved and his, my, my Walkman. And in my backpack, I never had, um, you know, a pencil case. I just had cassette tapes of like yeah. Cypher Sounds and yeah. Tim Westwood on Friday night and, and whatnot. It's so, weird, um, man. Did you... Do you think the? Do you think we've lost something in the excitement of finding music like that now that everything is so available? Because the fact is, back then you would, you'd, there'd be a limited amount of stuff that you could go to our price and get, and then hear this stuff from America or from wherever else, and I go. I think you're right. Wow. Whereas now you can just scroll onto the next thing, onto the next I, thing. It's I, disposable. Yeah, I think the most important word that you said there, because I do agree with that statement, though, is some. Yeah. We've lost some of yeah. the excitement. You know, because for me, Spotify is a wonderful platform that yeah. I'm enjoying thoroughly, especially with, you know, how much I'm, you know, traveling and stuff. Yeah, of course. So, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, this week I went on to the um, 
browse, you know, looking through the Spotify and I saw the life of Pablo, the new Kanye. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, oh, great. Let me check this out. And, I'm, you know, I was loving it. And, you know, uh, the Koji Radical uh, EP, yeah. um, Ocean Wisdom's new album, Kano's new album. Yeah. You know, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic works of art that I've found and I'm so excited about. And I forwarded the link on to so many people. And so the excitement is still there, but it's not half as exciting as buying the physical CD, lying down on my, on my, on my carpet in my, in my mum's house, my mum telling me to turn it down, me turning it back up slowly yeah. and reading all the thank yous and thinking, I wonder who that is. And wow, Guru thanked um, Slick Rick and, yeah. you know, Guru thanked EPMD. Wow, they must be boys and all that. Yeah. And um, it's funny because two of the ones you mentioned there, though, I think are real event event records as well. So it's got that, obviously the Kanye album, anything Kanye does yes. is an event. But, but Kano, after being away for so yeah. long and kind of, Grime having its second wave now, mm-hmm. and Kano being just the greatest voice mm-hmm. in 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 that history kind of thing, just just coming back explosively. So it, it you know it gives it that buzz too as well. I think so. I mean, I think the Kano thing is interesting. You know, uh, in the sense that he's always been great. Yeah. I mean, he's always been a fantastic lyricist, yeah. and he's always had great tunes, um, and always been a leader of the yeah. scene. But when we're talking about seminal albums, you know, it's like. You know, I you know I can only speak for myself. You know, and say like I've been waiting. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And he's now at the stage where is the third album right? I think. Yeah, I think so. So first of all, I think the experience is a big thing. But I think now he feels this way in the scene that I can relate to that he feels like I deserve to be here, and I'm actually going to do me now. Yeah. I'm going to be honest about the person I am and be honest about my emotions and he's so fucking honest and it's like everything is stripped back on the album lyrically subject wise but the production is so brilliant yeah you know so so I think he's I think he's done an incredible job with this album you know it it almost feels like um a grand don't come for free moment to to be honest like it's really a special moment and I think it's special that it's like you know especially for his video direction and whatnot that he's taken ownership of that and that gives me faith that this somewhat democratized landscape that we live in that we're talking about this digital landscape that artists such as koji radical again and kano they can be themselves even more because they can they have the platform to do that so um and grime has been the the real illustrator of that in the last a year or two with people like mm-hmm, Big Nasty Skepta and Big Nasty mm-hmm. and Stormzy and all mm-hmm. these just kind of going no we can we don't have to because the first time Grime came around it bubbled and then major labels went right we've decided you're allowed to be the big thing now do, do, do you know yeah. what I mean it, it felt like there was an opening of the doors and then the doors were closed again and this time it feels like Grime's just gone we're not even looking at your doors yeah. mate we're we're going to run around the building. We're doing whatever we want. We're coming started, in the room. You know, yeah. How how most subcultures get noticed yeah. is, is is through their purity and their sacredness. And I, I feel that you know, I feel like it's really it's a really exciting time for it. And you know, I listen to Big Nasty talk about it as well. And yeah. I'm a big fan of him, his personality as well as his music and his honesty. His personality is as much of a selling point, man. He's just Definitely. a character, isn't Definitely. he? Definitely. I mean, a lot of people. I've always felt like that about Stig as well. My, yeah. my pal Stig at the dump. Yeah. You know that he always had that. But um, you know, Big Nasty is so honest about stuff and he comes out and he says like, you know, even in his chipmunk diss, he was like, 
he was just so honest about it. And it yeah. wasn't a thing where it was just, fuck you, fuck this, fuck that road shit. It was like, come on, mate. You know what I mean? Two years ago, you was like popping champagne with Chris Brown yeah. and you was too good for us. Yeah. And now you're back and you're the savior of grime. And I was like, that's a very interesting point. Let's have an intellectual debate about grime beef as well as put it in the fucking bars and, yeah. and just spit straight yeah, to yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm an optimistic person, but I'm very optimistic about the state of, yeah. of, of you know, grime and uh, and all of that. And UK hip hop, you know, with with with, with uh, high focus records, Ocean Wisdom is yeah. doing incredible things. I think he's, you know, an artist that that is gonna change the landscape of of um of UK hip hop in, in inverted commas, you know, if he continues to challenge himself, if he continues to grow as you and I both need to as well. That's the beautiful thing there, is 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 putting those that UK hip hop thing there. Cause the fact is I think the thing that for me that made grime have its limitation that first route round was it felt anyone that stepped slightly outside of the brackets was mm-hmm. like no nah, they've they've sold out they've done this it's mm-hmm. like any genre should be about developing changing yeah. growing finding your own sound rather than going no here's such a small bracket this counts as yeah. grime everything else fuck you kind of yeah. thing do you know what i mean so i think it, it is that there's a Crepton conan having such a huge year yes. last year and things like that and it it not all just fitting in that one that one pocket is what's exciting about entirely that. and I, I think again to 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 quote koji radical yeah. you know the lyric on the song kwame and krume which yeah. is you know the the uh, nigerian uh, president that took them through their uh, revolution and yeah. independence and he says with passion he says they think they're tony montana i think i'm kwame and krume you know and yeah. it's like for me this is the current state of this backs my optimism for the current yeah. state of UK music because it's like he's using rap as a tool because yeah. that's what it is. It's a tool. It's, it's a mouthpiece. It's an instrument. It's Nas when Nas was coming up and KRS and people like that who were going, right, here's this cool kind of, this cool genre, this cool culture, but let's talk a little bit about history and a little bit about politics and still have that stuff in there. Well, let's just, be honest. Yeah, and yeah. then through honesty comes like politics things, and family society, things, yeah. you know, because, you know, if he turned around and said, I'm going to do what's popping, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try and be like Young Thug, or I'm going to try and be like this, it wouldn't be interesting. In the same way that if I came out yeah. and tried to make a whole EP about people coming over from, uh, actually it's not Nigeria, it's Ghana, I believe, sorry. Come, people coming over from Ghana um, and then being a second generation immigrant and having a, a parent that was so proud that when he stepped over here to improve himself. I can't talk, but that's not yeah. my story. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's so wonderful to see people telling their stories like big nasty is doing yeah. big nasty how no one else yeah. how only the way big nasty can do it you know and, and relentlessly, the same way with, relentlessly relentlessly the uncle pain <laughs> stuff is brilliant you know and kano as well yeah. and I, you know so i feel very optimistic and i'm very inspired by um by by all this stuff that's happening you know so, so when did you start a, a rapping yourself coming up you started to get a few records and started to find that inspiration and, and filling your, your, yeah. your backpack with tapes well, we when were did you in start school. going right it's time to I've got something to say as well I'm, I always go off on tangents man I always no no it. go um, but to come back to answering that my two passions were painting mm-hmm. that's one of my paintings behind you there with a, a Japanese um, artist uh, Tomoya uh, Hiramatsu and, and, and we did that in, uh, awesome. in art school and um, you know painting was my was my my passion that was where i got where i found my my creative um 
feet. You know, mm. that's where I felt comfortable. Yeah. My, my my art teacher in school, Miss Snowsill, was a wonderful lady that you know pumped me with confidence. Yeah. I mean, she was like Harry Redknapp or Alex Ferguson, yeah. making me feel <laughs> two hundred foot tall and run through brick walls for her. Well, literally stay in fucking lunch break yeah. and after school to paint and to finish yeah. off my work. I That's mean, big fucking, inspiration. That's come really, on now. Yeah, you yeah, really yeah. think I was doing, I wasn't even concentrating in the rest of the classes. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so there was that. And then, you know, there was a couple of people in my year group, Ray and, and Chesney, that were, you know, also the hip hop heads. What Some yeah. of the five, the other five hip hop heads in the out of 120. Yeah. Pop, Brit pop and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. two step yeah. heads, you know. <laughs> in the Reebok classics and the skinny Versace jeans and the off-key mosh and all that. Yeah. So we were the, we were the guy, we were, you know, so anyway, we, we kind of started to experiment with stuff and we, you know, cipher and it all started with, with ironically rapping Guru's lyrics from hard to earn. Yeah. And from, um, moment of truth. I think that's learning other people's f- mm-hmm. f- flows is one of the first things. Cause, cause people often, will say to me, oh, I don't know how you remember all them lyrics. It's like, I guarantee there's about four albums that you know from front Every to back. Every fucking word, yeah. You know from front. It's yeah. like, that's how you know all them lyrics. It's, yeah. it's getting in that mindset and learning that and yeah. going, you know, yeah, it's that passion and excitement over it. So that's yeah. a perfect tool and route in, right? It, it worked, man. And we'd just sit there with our Walkmans, you know, me and my pal, we'd meet up on a Friday night and we'd, we'd, we'd you know, we'd go and uh, sit around and, you know, maybe have a couple of beers or a little, you know summing or whatever and we would just listen to our Walkmans yeah. separately yeah. outside because we couldn't do, crazy, we yeah. couldn't like you know puff in our mum's house or whatever yeah. so we'd sit across from each other like this just listening to Westwood and whoever he had on yeah. that, that thing and that was what we'd do and it's then crazy. afterwards we'd be like oh man oh, we'd be there dancing tra- yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean in like three jackets and two hoodies and a scarf <laughs> you know but but it all started with that passion and and, and, and that you know that that love for the art form and love yeah. for the for, for the music, you know, proper pure. So at the same time that I was going to like um, doing an art foundation and exploring that further, I really started to click with some UK hip hop guys. We, you know, we formed um, or I joined the Underground Alliance. Yeah, uh, met the Foreign Beggars, um, and and just you know we had mud family skinny man and and and, and nova and everyone in yeah. our area as well and all the way so it was like you know there was this scene forming around us in, yeah, it man. was all natural it wasn't like you know and foreign beggars i swear supported every good hip-hop group that came over at oh, one man. point there was a period where they were just every show it was that's yeah the, it was amazing support, man. Man. it was like me and uh, a guy called dr syntax yeah we kind of were, were there like pit bulls that they would bring along and yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd come out and do 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 a couple of numbers and cipher and you know we'd always have like our moshing track at the end and we'd do that and you know we loved it you know yeah. what I mean and most of the time we'd take home 50 quid a show and or nothing yeah you know and uh and and so it wasn't ever for the money it was for the love you know and we did that and we had this it was a wonderful uh entrepreneurial spirit and a wonderful unity you know and we talk about the change in landscape and music and what's interesting is that you know that was in the last days of Rome when it comes to record shops. Yeah, our, sure. Our, my, my pal Whitefang had um, Head Nod Records, which used to be M- MSN Records in um, MSM rather in um, in Camden. You know, and it yeah. was it was um, wonderful. We sang around the, the vinyl shops and 
and and you know, so and it there'd was a be wonderful a community time. and a scene there in yeah. itself, and that's again, it's another thing that's it's a wonderful gone by thing. the wayside. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was a beautiful time. I mean, I, I'm in many ways, I'm quite a short sighted person mm. in terms of like I just I'm very just interested in now, and I'm very yeah. just interested. I, I'm quite kind of in touch with what I should be doing right now, and I ain't got yeah, a yeah. fucking clue past that. Yeah, so it was all, all it was all autopilot and all just trying to follow instinct. But it was a wonderful time. It truly was a wonderful time. Uh, what, uh, what was your kind of path and, and route into acting then? What was the kind of... What well, another, drew you down that route? Another UK hip-hop um, guy that I was hanging with before I met Beggars, before I met Underground Alliance, was uh, Plan B, yeah. ben, ben True. Yeah. And we really clicked straight away and, um, you know, had, a, had a, 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 an amazing creative relationship that we still have to this day that I'd say is... is uh, is yeah unique. I've never, met, I've still never met anyone. You know, I worked with Luke Besson, and yeah. wow. he shot, he directed a couple of scenes with me, and all I kept thinking was, "There's another person in this world like Ben." You know what I mean? Damn, that's high phrase. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, nuts. it was like incredible, and you know, Neil Maskell and all, everyone who, who knows him and works with him will tell you the same. Yeah. You know, and he, he's you know, anyway, I love the geezer. He's a confidant, and he's he's my brother and all that, and um. We would we would collaborate for years, you know, yeah. and, and 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 you know, I'd like to think we both enhanced each other's shit, even when it wasn't seen. Every acting gig I've ever done, I've spoke to him about. Every yeah. album he's ever done, he's he spoke to me about. I was there, I was writing with him, I was, you know, yeah, helping him, wicked. and you know what I mean. And so he was always writing stuff, and he had this story called Trigger, which was mm-hmm. a true story about him and his pals when they had a. BB gun or a water pistol and anyway they, the SWAT, SWAT police come our yeah. police came because they you know Damn. someone neighbour phoned up and said these kids have got a gun in the thing and he always used to write down these stories and we you know we always used to say like trouble follows us wherever we go like we'd roll like with a yeah, team yeah, and we, yeah. um, 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 especially when he was doing Strickland Banks and that there was like 10 of us or whatever well, Sean was one yeah. of them as well and um, and Adam who's a producer for Koji Radical and, you know kids, so yeah. bringing it full circle yeah. but we, you know we'd all roll around and, and like mad shit would just happen man we'd just yeah. get into some <laughs> fucking mad scraps yeah. mad like scrapes or whatever mad stories man it would always end in fucking tears man yeah. and um, tears but tears of laughter as well you know yeah. what I mean it'd be fucking mad and um, he'd write the stories down he'd always write them down and Ben was always one step ahead in that sense and anyway he wrote this Thing trigger and, and 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 then he was asked to do a short film for the London Film Festival and right. Mike Figgis, the legend, was doing something like ten short films mm-hmm. and he wanted different musicians and he was going to do a kind of like short film video for it and cut a long story short he did it one with Ben and me Ben and Adam Deacon did it yeah and no rehearsals we just went down to Shoreditch and we shot it for about 45 minutes didn't know who Mike Figgis was but I just thought what an interesting and polite yeah. um, middle aged middle class man yeah. and um, and when you see someone at the it's t- madness though just go down there mate yeah, yeah. let's do it and, let's get involved and, and you know he, when you watch someone at the top of their game it doesn't matter if they're a referee or a ballerina mm. or if, or or director that it's an interesting thing to watch people yeah. I've always loved being around creatives anyhow so we did that we sat there in Trafalgar Square and they screened it and the five of us or ten of us were down there all drinking red stripes and, 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 and having a nice time or whatever and uh, 
being rowdy as we always were and uh, it came on and I watched it and I saw my face up there and a the big thing and I thought fucking hell I thought why the fuck not yeah. alright maybe anyway whatever carry on yeah then he, he did a short film he wrote a short film and he kept saying to me you you know you you should be an actor bruv you've got a film face and all this and I'd laugh and say alright mate whatever <laughs> you know um, and then he wrote the short film Michelle yeah. which was based on which was a it, extended story of businesswoman which was the first one yeah and we shot that I think he put three grand down for it and we did it it was a sort of 12 minute thing with Neil Maskell yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, and Adam Deacon again and we did that and then, then cut a long story short so there's about a year and a half in between those two a year in between them and then I think a year and a half later we got funding for a feature film for Ill Manners yeah and, in, and then in 2010 we shot that and I remember being at Cafe de Perry when Ben was doing his video for uh, Love Goes Down wonderful yeah, yeah. video we were all suited and booted and that was another wild night <laughs> and, uh, more stories being yeah 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 I made. wish I could I'm having so much flashbacks I'm glad you <laughs> can't see them I'm like I can't say that on air and um and uh but Craig you remember what happened um and uh I remember one of the producers coming up to me and saying like, this is really happening like you know are you, you, you going to be ready for this like you're, you're, you're one of the leads you've really yeah. like this is going to it's going to be tough I believe in you but like get ready for this ready, yeah. and I remember just thinking fuck but yeah yeah I'm ready yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean yeah. kind of like someone saying to you like your football team saying right you're playing in the cup final on Saturday and you'll be like what uh, alright yeah 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 of course I can I, 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 well I'll try my fucking best yeah. won't I? I'll try yeah. and get a, I'll try and do that excitement and anxiety yeah. all just mixed in but I remember it as a real moment and, and, and anyway and um, I worked my socks off and, and we did all manners and that was we shot that 2010 it was a bit of a mess went back for reshoots 2011 and it came out 2012 you know and it's like so it's still still only like you know not even four years since my um since my first movie came it's out, crazy, you know what I mean? It? It's, it's like, real, it's, and, and that was a massive early. thing. It was a massive deal. It, it, it blew up. It got a, a lot of, of love. It was massive for Ben, obviously, as well, to have that kind of, look, here's what I can do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Here's what we yeah, yeah. can do. Yeah, yeah, You look completely. at us as hoodies and asbos, you think that because we speak in what they now term as a, uh, what do they call it? Millennium London. What's it called? Anyway, whatever yeah, it is yeah, that they yeah, put yeah. for the... For, 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 for accents you know that for these for our accents that are so influenced by you know multicultural uh, second generation yeah. you know and and so you know you look at us as fucking idiots and you, you you know you keep you know you close doors um, for us but this is what we're capable of yeah. we are capable of this you know what I mean and that was a wonderful thing I think Ben really empowered a lot of our generation with that and then he you know with Strickland Banks and and all of this stuff. But what was amazing was like reading double page spreads in the Guardian with like fucking Edwina Curry yeah. saying this is the most important movie of X amount and they should show it to everyone in the House of Commons. Yeah. Now, the most important thing there for me is like they should show it in the House of Commons. I'm like, yes, they fucking should. Yeah. And when I listen to certain songs, when I listen to Kwame and Krumi, Koji Radical again, I think they should play that should, in the House yeah, of Commons. They should be known. This is what the youth of Hoxton are making. You know yeah. what I mean? This is the the these kids that you that you you know don't believe in. When you close the community centres down, this is what you may be stifling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, that was an empowering moment to have ill manners be like that. And kind of when I look back, it's like an amazing thing again. That like you know, 
it started off on a sacred note. It started off on a beautiful note. I didn't come into this trying to be a fucking actor. I didn't come mm. into this trying to be a star or like trying to be or have my name in a billboard. I came into it trying to tell fucking stories of people that that ain't that people where people don't tell their fucking stories because I knew all the geezers from Ill Manners. But that's the beautiful thing there as well, though, is it's coming in from that unusual angle, but then also being, I think, or potentially coming in from that angle is what then gives you that 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 awareness and kind of almost responsibility to have the work ethic to mm-hmm. go right i've got wow this seems to have come out of nowhere and it's not because there's been work going in everywhere to make this happen but there's still that feeling of damn this is this has just happened and mm-hmm. i'm here now and it then i think if you react right to that you go right there's a million not a million but there's thousands of kids from where i live who'd love to have this opportunity mm-hmm. i now need to make sure i work hard and mm-hmm. i keep pushing and improving to to, to, to make the most of this opportunity mm-hmm. um what was your your next step there with regards to managing your career kind of thing? Because there's coming through in a film like this, and I spoke to to Stevie Graham about this. Is there's a risk when you come through in a film like this, and you did uh, the Sweeney as well, and things like that. There's a risk of then going right. Well, you are now f- forever that kind of London Cockney, as you mm-hmm. said, that kind of millennial accent. Mm-hmm. Dash dash your role now. Was there a conscious decision to go right? I need to make sure I get roles that aren't just that yes. to kind of, to break out of this. Yeah, there was. And there has been the whole way through, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is I have been, uh, I've always giggled when I've like heard of the, 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 the temporary boxes that I've been putting, yeah. you know, cause I've got springs in my step. I don't, you can't, you know, I jump out of it's it. It's what I've noticed just looking over. Cause again, I'm a, f- a fan of a lot of the things you, you've been in, but it's always nice to, t- to do these cause you get to look, in the cold light of day at timelines and things like that. And the thing that jumped out at me was every time it seems like there's a threat of you being typecast, it's like, right now I'm gone now. So obviously it was literally after that you did, did game of Thrones. And then after that, there came some, some Viking stuff and night stuff and things like that, which again, if you've done something as huge as game of Thrones, there's going to be that thing of, right. We, well, we've seen him with, with long hair and a sword and all this. That's perfect. And as soon as that starts to happen, which again, a lot of people go, this is golden now. I can do this and do yeah. this and do this. You've gone, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, but I I'm did, over here now. But all of them got explored for a couple of movies. And yeah, that's what's interesting completely. when you look at the timeline is to say that, you know, I explored the, 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 the kind of London, you know, millennial thing that we were talking about in terms of like the Sweeney, Piggy, which I did with Neil yeah, Maskell yeah, again, Neil. and uh, Paul Anderson, Boise, who's another gentleman who's taught me a lot over the years. Um... And then, um, and then it was Game of Thrones, Northmen, all the, you know, uh, another, there was another one, uh, Sword of Vengeance or whatever. And then it was moving over into some British stuff, we, you know, because I didn't want to just be that period, to, to do just the period stuff. Yeah. And then it became... And again, it's easy, particularly as a British actor at the, uh, at the moment, there's so much demand in period stuff. It's, yeah. it's like, it's, it's such a... It feels like there was a point, I had someone ask on one of the podcasts ages ago, now you're trying out this acting stuff, are you going to move to LA to, to make things happen? It's like, well, I'll go to LA because I go to LA anyway for yeah. music, for other things, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I think there's as much exciting no, stuff going on in the UK now and as much demand yeah. from America and from all around the world yeah, to go, yeah. right, let's film this thing, or we need English actors. Yeah. We, we need this in-period stuff, though. Yeah. So, again, it's that step to go, right, no, I'm not just... You know, I'm, I'm fascinated fascinated by the notion of the evolution of the artist from within i'm fascinated by the notion that we challenge ourselves. yeah i'm fascinated by the notion by following the career path of someone like david hockney mm-hmm. 
rather than many of these actors or musicians yeah. that we look at. Yeah, you sure. Know? I, I, I it's great to look outside of, 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 of your genre to find your route yeah. and your path rather than, again, it's one of the things, not to bring it back to me, but one of the things that me and Dan Lassac benefited from was when we came out, there was no one really doing our sound and mm-hmm. our style. Therefore, we didn't have that simple blueprint to plug into. Mm-hmm. Like There was a point where if you were an indie band, you could just go, right, here's what you need to do. You need to get a review from this person, a, a, a gig at this place, mm-hmm. played on this radio station, X, Y, Z, and you're on the front cover of NME. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's those simple things. So it was kind of exciting for us that we had to kind of go, right, we kind of need to just try every every door because mm-hmm. we don't know which one's going to work because you know that that path isn't already laid out so mm-hmm. that seems like a good approach to any career rather than going here's how tom hardy did it or here's how michael mm-hmm. fassbender did it or whoever else going right let's look in a completely different genre and go here's what they did subverting yeah. their style i mean and- I, I think like you know when i say about hockney or something like that you know i just i i, I always think about the exhibition i saw that he did at the tate where he started working on iPads at the yeah. age of 80 years old. Yeah. It's madness. And right? I feel like if he's doing that and challenging himself, not to always be different. I'm yeah. not jumping from this to that, to this to that, because I want to be, because I want to change or for like the career trajectory. Fuck that. Because it's interesting to me. So, you know, it's about mediums. So a period piece or a UK piece or a TV piece of a recurring character or American film, you know, or independent American film as opposed to studio. These things are all different mediums and have such different textures in terms of their sets and the way that you, the way that the thing is created. So, you know, what I, what I'm interested in is being open to things. So when a new technology or a new genre is there, I say, "Mm, you know what? I'd, Let's go in that direction Just try that and out. push myself in that direction yeah. and challenge myself in that way, you know, and I feel like that's, that's the way to improve, you know, yeah, and, and, completely. and, you know, I'm a baby, so I've got to improve in this. How ex- exciting I was then stepping into something or, or scary in a way, stepping into something like Game of Thrones, which is this huge beast of a show that mm-hmm. was already very established, pretty much from series one, it was this, this huge thing and you've gone from working in UK stuff mainly in UK stuff with people who a lot of the time will probably be your mates yeah like the fact is you're going out there they'll be like you that they'll have similar backgrounds and you know then you're going out there and you're you're in this this different world was it a different experience was it an enjoyable experience was it you know what was the deal there and to go from from film to tv because the fact is obviously you're then it's it's a far more spread out thing yeah. with TV if you're filming bits of this episode here and this there you might not be in that episode at all you mm-hmm. might be in that one constantly it's mm-hmm. a you know it was certainly very different to go yeah. from you know the film side of things being you know having this tight team that you'd go off and, and, and kind of you know go to war with or go you know run out on the, the pitch with as opposed to television stuff where I think I was number 87 on the call sheet. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's very disjointed and you didn't really sort of feel that unity in that sense. It's fascinating wonderfully well. interesting, yeah, wonderfully yeah. interesting process. And, you know, at that... the fact is there'll be different directors often yeah, and different writers and everything. So episodes, there's so much yeah. that's a... There's, there's, that's so different from where you're working, as you said, on a film, particularly yeah. with a group of people where you're kind of 
you're bonding together, you're bouncing ideas mm-hmm. b- back and forth. When there's a different director each time you're in, maybe, because you yeah. might not be in every scene because you're number 86 on the call sheet yeah. or whatever else. You know? I mean, you know, I must say that, you know, every job I've ever done has had such a different dynamic. You yeah. know, I think you could account it for like a relationship, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you are the same person for for every, uh, let's say your past five girlfriends, you are the, you were the yeah. same person. They were all of the female species, but wow, the dynamic was different on all yeah. five. And yeah. wow, everything was completely different. So, and it's not as simple as saying man, woman, it just isn't. So every job has been really different and I've always approached them wanting to learn. And so when I approach, when I have had things that were, you know, that were strange, i.e. feeling like a small cog in a big machine yeah. or, you know, or being number one on the call sheet and being like, fuck, I'm actually, you know, captain of this ship in a, more in a sense and, you know, different pressures come with that. Just being like, okay, let me, let me, let me learn from this. Let me, yeah. let me learn from this. Let me, let me gauge this. This is a landscape. You know, I kind of feel like the acting game for me is this pitch black landscape yeah. that as I do another job, a little bit more of it comes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Alive, you know, it's like a computer game or something. It's like, oh right, wow. So I'm fascinated. There's certain achievement points that get to unlock, yeah, they new unlock parts it. of the precisely visually. So it's like, ah, oh, that's the landscape. So I really feel like I haven't unlocked much of it, but it's fascinating to me to keep unlocking new parts and and, and keep you know learning new bits. And like you know, life is um, you know as joyous as it is disappointing. Yeah. So when you accept that, then it's it's just interesting. Yeah, it's all just yeah. fucking interesting. You know what I mean? It's all like, okay, all right. Oh, I feel sad. Just interesting. Oh, I feel ner- this is making me feel nervous. Right? Okay. Let me. Why am I feeling nervous? How could, do I want to feel nervous? I Next couldn't agree time, more. I couldn't agree more. You know I, think what I mean, it's one of the most fascinating things is when we have reactions that we weren't expecting to have, and whether that's through meeting someone new or a new experience. As said, going on set excited. And then coming home feeling a bit let down or something mm-hmm. like that and going, ah, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And not being kind of beaten up by it. Mm-hmm. Just studying that and going, wow, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to have this this reaction or this feeling mm-hmm. or this emotion. Why am I having this? And having that, mm-hmm. that kind of outlook to go, right, let's study this. Rather than go, oh man, I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm I mean, just going to ignore everything. Ultimately, it is a craft yeah. and we haven't studied the craft. Yeah. So we are now studying it. So this is our time to 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 look at it and study and i think like there's such a wonderful joy to being to having that energy that the untrained a lot of the untrained actors have but at the same time like come on we need to we need to learn stuff you know what i mean we need to we need to understand and navigate be able to understand this we need to be able to you know play the defensive game we need to play the offensive game we need to learn you know all the all all, all the dynamics of this so um you know i think that that self-reflection I find fascinating and yeah. especially like the notion that like a uh, you rap on a movie and it doesn't come out for a year or whatever or sometimes longer you know Kill Your Friends was fucking almost two years so then when you look back on it then you can truly look at it with the luxury of hindsight and say yeah oh, really that was an interesting decision I made I remember I was really pissed off that day because I had a massive argument with, you know or I remember I was really tired that day because yeah. I'd done this you know and it's like oh but actually you know or I felt really terrible coming out of that and you know so I, I, I'm like fascinated by that notion of self-reflection like yeah. I, I really am I spend a lot of time constantly 
reflecting on self, but at the same time, not really giving a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but what so an amazing that's the dynamic. A situation to get to have these moments of learning and self reflection in in the deep end. Yep. To get to be really in there and be have that. So rather than as you said, us not having that drama school upbringing or whatever else, and seeing yep. it in a performance on one evening or whatever, it's getting to do that and as said, putting in a whole chunk of your life for several months, and then a year or two later getting to look at that and go, oh, all right. It's yeah. just, but on a big screen in a, in a, a massive production. But it's production, just interesting. Right? When we were kids, it was fun. Like when, when, when your dad said, do you want to go cycling in Parkland Walk? And you went, fucking yeah, w- yeah, yeah, wicked. I haven't thought about that because yeah. I've just been thinking about fucking watching Ninja Turtles yeah. or like drawing a fucking picture. I'm like, yeah, great, let's go. And then you go out and it's really muddy and mud gets all over all your clothes. It's like, this is fucking wicked. I never yeah. thought this would happen. That is the extension of what is what all of these experiences are, yeah. you know. And sometimes you go, and someone fucking punches you in the nose and nicks your bike, and you cry, and you go to your dad, you say, "Dad, he nicked my fucking bike," yeah. and you walk home. Yeah. But that is also, you know, that's all part of it. It's like I say, the, the sadness and the and the joy. You know what I mean? And, and um, to quote Inside Out, and um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but truly, um, <laughs> but truly, it's like. I feel I feel that 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 this is just re- it really is keeping my life exciting in that sense, and it's not all the obvious things that I find that 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 I find exciting. Like I've been more excited this week about the two auditions I did yesterday and the yeah. day before than I than I am about going to the fucking MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, 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 Although yeah, I am yeah. obviously humbled and yeah. very thankful and all that, and looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be an experience. Like what of the course, fuck? Yeah. you know. But um. Man, like I did two auditions this week. I loved it. They made it was joyous because I love the scripts. I've been working on them like a fucking animal. I've been with my dialect coach. I've been with my acting mentor. I've been like running over stuff with my pals. I've been going and you know, and I've enjoyed these two auditions so much. I probably won't fucking get the parts. Yeah, but I love them. But what are they doing? They're keeping me excited in the same way that going cycling in park and walk did. Completely. So, so how was it? um, Kind of moving along everything how was it when transporter came in a refueled obviously you know that was it was a a big role to get and and it's an interesting role as well because it's 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 a series of films that got huge and it's an it was a huge machine for a british actor Mm -hmm. who kind of pushed through and 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 it was a real breakthrough and standout moment for Mm -hmm. jason statham so but it's kind of it's it's refueled it's it's rebooting how was that kind of on to take in because you've suddenly you've gone from as you said number 84 or whatever it would be on on the call list to you know you're probably not not even that three years before not even or four years before not even thinking about acting yeah exactly and suddenly you you've got a lot on your shoulders here Uh, you know first of all i approached it with that 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 parkland walk mentality of just like fucking sounds exciting let's do it and when i read the script i was like this is fucking jokes man i can't believe i'm gonna beat up 10 guys could be in a shootout jump off a yacht onto a jet ski chase after a (laughs) speedboat smash into the side of a jeep fly kick through the window jumping off the jet ski last minute chase a geezer up a cliff and then fight him on the top of the cliff all while wearing a suit brilliant and a pair of fucking chelsea boots i was like I have to do it's this. It's a hell of an afternoon. You know what right I mean? There. And yeah, it was yeah, wonderful. Yeah. It was, you know, wonderful in many senses, it, it, you know. But um, what, you know, we talked about these two dynamics of being like really like, really into something, really focused on something, but also not really giving a shit. And, that, you know, 
it was it's interesting you know with the transporter because it's a thing that like i was so sure that it was the right move and i i still feel it was you know it, it hindsight luckily has shown it that the um you know i always just think uh, if i survived it was the right move yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. and um and it was you know i learned so much and stuff but at the same time you know certain things are tactical yeah you know what i mean and it's like at the same time in this industry some things are going to be sacred like your manners some things are going to be sacred like kill your friends in deadpool in the sense that you know they were that was l- literature and um comic book material that i was already a huge fan of yeah 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 so sacred in a personal way but some things are, are there to be jobs yeah. and i'm there to try my best and i'm there to improve and i'm there to take the blessings and try and counteract the things that are not blessings so i mean Cut a long story short, it was fucking fun. Fun as fuck, yeah. bruv. I was I mean, running around it. having I, a fucking giggle, bruv. I think that's Proper. it. <laughs> when I had Paddy Considine on, he, he said a, a similar thing in that he was like, it took him ages to realise that because the first things he did was working with his friends or just people he had such a connection with and there was a huge emotional connection to every, Like, that was his life for X amount of time and it was a huge deal. And then he realised that sometimes... There's films that are just that's his job, yeah. And and Stevie Graham as well saying that same thing is like, I'm an actor. Yeah, I'm, my job is to go there and act, yeah. and you got to put everything into it. You got to make it the best. But there's there's some gigs that are your 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 passion project, and some that are just an amazing thing to be yeah, involved man. with. And hundred percent. And, and also, there. I'm an optimistic person, so you know, I truly had the, the, this idea that like if we do this properly, we can get on some proper Steve McQueen shit. We yeah, can yeah, take yeah, this to yeah, another. Yeah a different direction, different place. And, you know, start it from scratch. Now, you know, this is one of the most collaborative art forms that are around. So, you know, control, uh, control is something that, that, that we, we must give up on pretty fucking quickly. So, you know, whether that happens or not is, is is sometimes another thing, but I still go into them thinking, okay, that's the way. Same with these small, you know, some of these small, um, you know, UK movies that I've done that 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 have just come and gone is just like, I still went into them like we can do something it's fucking special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, even if it's not something, you know, like how many people in this country know Koji Radical's EP and Kwame and Crew made the song? You know, I, I don't think a huge amount. Yeah. It means the fucking world to me. Yeah. I'm trying to make movies like Kwame and Crew makes me feel. I'm yeah. trying to make people feel how I feel when I listen to Kwame and Crew I'm trying to make one fucking geezer do that. Yeah. yeah now, yeah, if yeah, it yeah. so happens that like Deadpool, a load of billions of people do, <laughs> yeah, 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 then blessings. Yeah. Then it's just a blessing times a billion. But if I can make one geezer feel like, fuck, this is fucking sick. I yeah. love this. This takes me away from my, my shitty job and my shitty life and my missus who's doing my nutting and, yeah. all, and all my, you know, all the real life problems that, that everyone has. So, you know, you know, I, I, yeah, I, ent- I definitely entered into it with 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 optimism and um and had a wonderful time doing it. Perfect. So so I mean, we're an hour in now and we've not got to Deadpool yet. So it's <laughs> it's high time we got to that. Um, depending on how much are we talking now, I might split this into two parts. So there could be a little stop here. Scrooge Pits, the Scratch Jumpies.
there we go we did stop it there as i mentioned in the intro and as i said i might at that point we bloody well did didn't we it split in two subscribe all that good stuff uh part two is available now as well let's go on to that 